We continue our discussion of the LA Kings busy offseason with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this conduct, uh, this con, this conduct, this content. Uh, I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 17 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. This episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with your order. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs, we promise. We are happy to welcome back to the show Zach Dooley, the LA Kings insider. You can follow him on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it these days at Dooley, L-A-K-D-O-L-L-E-Y. And you can also check out his fine work at LAKingsInsider.com. Hey, Zach, how are you? Eddie, I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me back on. I'm doing great. Good to have you back on. And I didn't realize it had been so long since we last spoke. I went back and checked out the last episode that you had joined us and the Stanley Cup hadn't been awarded yet. Uh, we talked about the LA Kings season and, uh, and you know what we thought of it. I think we both agreed that there was progress made, that it was a better season than the year before. Of course, it obviously had the same result, losing in the first round of the playoffs. And the big talk was how this offseason would go, what the challenge would be for GM Rob Blake. Uh, by my count, we had three trades, 16 unrestricted or restricted free agents signed, and a couple of contract extensions. Uh, but before we get into the specific moves, were you surprised the Kings did more than just tweak the roster for this coming season? Um, I wouldn't say surprised. I thought the the messaging straight from exit interviews was improve the team. Um, that could go a lot of different ways, right? It could be external improvements or internal improvements. You could bank on players who are younger, who have higher ceilings, improving to a point of where your existing roster gets to that point without those external moves, or you can make a move like the Kings did. Um, it drastically changes the makeup of the team and the approach of the team uh, to a different look. But overall, no, I wouldn't say that I was surprised to see it happen. Um, you never always see it coming, but the fact that they were so willing to make a big move, um, I wouldn't say it was like out of left field or anything like that for me. Well, the biggest trade uh, obviously was acquiring center Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets. Out go Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kupari, and a second-round pick. And then they signed Dubois to the eight-year extension. Uh, when I looked at the Kings' priorities in the offseason, getting a number two center wasn't on my list. Uh, when do you think and why do you think the Kings decided that getting a Pierre-Luc Dubois was something they needed to do? Um, I think the biggest reason is that centers – of his age and his ability don't come around as being available very often. So when one did the priorities change to acquire that player, like you don't see a 25 year old center who is a 60 point guy, a physical guy, someone in that top six role become available to you every year, right? Like that player isn't available every off season. 
especially at the center position. So the second that that player did become available, I think it, it certainly spurred a little bit of action. I don't know if the Kings maybe went in with that priority because they didn't know that that player would, would be available to them. So when that player became available, when it became clear that he would commit to the franchise long-term, I think that's when the Kings decided this is the guy that we want to get. This is the, the route that we want to go. And when you go after a player of that caliber, you have to give to get, no doubt about it. And the give in this instance came in the form of, of three very solid roster players. The Kings also had uh, a three-team deal with Philadelphia and Columbus. They shipped out goalie Cal Peterson, defenseman Sean Walker, prospect Helga Granz, and a second-round pick. That helped them to free up the cap space to re-sign defenseman Vladislav Gabrikov, something that I wasn't all that optimistic they would be able to do. Uh, your thoughts on that move, and how much do you think a full season of Gabrikov really helps out the defensive core? I mean, I, I think it's huge. Um, there was kind of this running narrative that Vladislav Gavrikov would test free agency. Um, though he never actually said that people just kind of ran with it. It was in the same boat as the Pierre-Luc Dubois would only sign in Montreal rumor, right? These were widely accepted things that the player never actually said, and both turned out to be untrue. Um, the cap space for Gavrikov was always the hardest part, right? You had to clear out room to be able to bring him and make this impactful move for a guy like Dubois. Um, it came in the form of needing to clear space in net. Um, Cal Peterson's deal was the one that needed to go. Kings were able to move it um, at a bit of a negative value, but the the assets given weren't all that great to where you couldn't stomach the deal. Uh, getting Gavrikov is huge. Um, with Gavrikov in the lineup last year, alongside Dowdy, Roy, and Anderson, the Kings went 11-1-2. and two. So it, it's pretty clear that when he was in the lineup during the regular season, the Kings were a really good team. Um, so very excited to be able to get him back. And I think a two-year term is perfect for both sides. The Kings also dealt defenseman Sean Dursey for a second-round pick. And all due respect to Dursey, the Kings have two very young, exciting offensive defensemen waiting the wings in Brant Clark and Jordan Spence. I know a lot of people, including me, are very excited to see more Brant Clark after we got that little taste of him last season. Uh, do you think there's a sense in the organization that he is ready to take on a more significant role at the NHL level sooner rather than later? That That's certainly the hope, right? You have a guy who's a first-round pick. He was pretty impressive in his little stint with the Kings last year, those first nine games, had a dominant year in the OHL, and now there's a spot for him. Last year, there wasn't necessarily a spot for him because the Kings had so many right-shot D. Now they don't like they, they have Dowdy and they have Roy, but Sean Dursey's in Arizona, Sean Walker's in Philadelphia. And all of a sudden there's a spot to be one on that third pair. And you have two very exciting prospects, Brent Clark and Jordan Spence, one of whom will, will lock down that spot. There's no doubt about it. I think there's obviously more hype around Clark, right? He's the first round pick. He was a top 10 selection. We've seen the staggering totals that he posted in junior um, but Jordan Spence is an excellent player as well. They're different. Spence is a little bit more mobile. Clark maybe a little bit trickier and more crafty with the puck. Um, but both guys have that offensive defenseman profile. I think both guys are capable coming into the season of locking down and playing that RD3 role. It'll be a really exciting battle, in my opinion, to watch during camp. And it should be exciting, right? Because those guys play a style of hockey that that is exciting to watch. Um, and fills the void left by guys like Dursey and Walker who had those offensive attributes. There seems to be a bit of a prevailing theory that the Kings got better offensively, maybe got a little bit le less good defensively 
and that their depth has been hurt because of the number of bodies that they had to ship out. Would you agree with that kind of overall general assessment? I think they definitely are more stacked at the top, right? Like if you look at the way the Kings are built now, it's two pairings defensively that are going to be, the Kings hope to be very, very good, right? Anderson, Dowdy, Gavrikov, Roy, if you look at each of their individual metrics, those two pairings on the top four on the back end were extremely good down the stretch last year and will probably shoulder more of the load, taking less off of a third pair that will likely have a rookie on the right side. And if you look up front, the Kings depth was kind of one of the strengths last year, but now it's going to be a little bit different with how they can allot the minutes because they have a one, two, three punch down the middle, Kopitar, Dubois, Deneau, that you'd probably take against what, just about every team in the league, right? Like that's a pretty tough one, two, three punch to match up against with a guy in Blake Lazat who becomes a very, very good fourth line center. Um, the Kings have fewer options because they traded three forwards out for one coming in, but it opens up opportunities for other guys. Now you have Arthur Kaliev, who is a healthy scratch at times during the playoffs. He has a spot to win on the third line or the second line. He can play higher in the lineup where his skill set matters. Quinton Byfield has to take a step forward. He's going to be expected to play likely on the first line to start the year. And then you'll have other younger players like your Anderson Dolans, your Grunstroms, your Fagimos, who could come into training camp and potentially win a spot there. So it's certainly a differently made up Kings team. I think it's more based around that top three centers, top two defensive pairs than it was the full group. Um, so I think that point is probably right, um, but it's just going to be a little bit differently structured of a Kings team. Well, there are certainly varying opinions from Kings fans, as you would expect when you have a big deal like this. Some people like the Pierre-Luc Dubois deal. Some people don't. Obviously, there was a certain segment of the fan base that was unhappy with the Jonathan Quick move. But I think you can say pretty definitively Rob Blake as a GM is not afraid to make unpopular moves that can help the franchise or maybe, I don't know what controversial, but bold moves to kind of help the franchise. He's kind of proven himself by these moves that he's made uh, in the past six months or so. Certainly not afraid to take the swing, right? Um, you have to make those moves eventually to get to that point. And I, I think it is always hard to see players who you've seen for several years, who you've seen like an Ayafalo go from an undrafted free agent to a top nine forward or from a Velarde who had all those struggles right after he was drafted with back injuries to become finally that player who broke out at the NHL level. But you have to give up to get a player like Pierre-Luc Dubois. And Dubois is different. He is more physical. He's a bigger center down the middle and he's not afraid to, to play the body. And there are very few players in the NHL who have that combination. If you look at points and penalty minutes, I know penalty minutes can be a, a tricky stat, but he's in the company of guys like Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, Brad Marchand of the combination of points and pims. And you win with players like that who can match up physically. And if you look at the teams that the Kings will have to match up against down the middle, you need those types of players to match up against those bigger physical centers that the Kings will face in the Pacific division. So I, I think it's a move that, yeah, there's always going to be positives and negatives to it. Um, people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. Um, the proof will be in the pudding. Ultimately, does this move make the Kings a better team? I think in the interim, to me, it undoubtedly does make the Kings a better team. Um, over the course of the eight years, it'll have to play out on the ice. Coming up more with Zach Dooley, the LA Kings insider here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. But first, I need to let you know about Bird Dogs. This episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. And what are Bird Dogs, you ask? Well, 
They are shorts with the underwear built in them. I know you may ask yourself, why would I want to wear that? Well, the answer is because they are super comfortable and look great. Honestly, how often does something that looks good also feels good? It is the perfect combination. Not only do bird dogs look good and feel good, but you can wear them pretty much in any situation. You can wear them out to a nice casual dinner. You can even work out in them because they're so comfortable. And once you try them, you'll wonder why you had never heard of them before. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com, B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com slash locked on NHL network or enter the promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you. All right, we've got more with LA Kings insider Zach Dooley. Follow him on Twitter at DooleyLAK. Uh, the Kings also, uh, Zach, give Andre Kopitar a two-year contract extension. Kicks in after this coming season. Now he's about to turn 36, but led the Kings in scoring again this past season. Uh, he's approaching some big milestones this coming season as well. Going to be the Kings' all-time leader in game plays, games played early in the season, barring anything unforeseen. Um, we did see the retirement of Patrice Bergeron uh, recently, and I think as a Kings fan, it was kind of easy to relate to what Bruins fans were going through with the loss of a player like that who's such an iconic player, has won a championship, has been such a great representative of your organization on and off the ice. But for Kopi, he's not ready to go there yet. He's a future Hall of Famer, but just talk about what a huge part of the Kings Andre Kopitar still is right now. I mean, absolutely integral, right? This is still your 1C. He led the team in scoring last year was in the top five in the Selkie, won the Lady Bing. Like, this this is the leader of this team on and off the ice. Like, he, he means that much. And I think it means something to Kopitar to be, you know, a one franchise guy, which is what he's been to this point in, the, in his career. Um, he made it very clear um, that he wanted to sign the extension this summer. Uh, Rob Blake made it very clear he wanted to sign Kopitar to the extension this summer. And it comes in at a pretty fair hit. Um, obviously, an older player, the commitment is not overly long. Um, and the cap hit is a small reduction from where he will be at this year. So it gives the team a little bit more flexibility going into this coming off season. So I think it's a win-win uh, across the board. Um, you see a longtime competitor and Selkie nemesis in Bergeron hang him up. Um, outstanding career for Patrice Bergeron, no doubt about it. And Kopitar had a, a very classy statement about that. Um, but for Kings fans, it's exciting that they won't have that separation for the next three years because Kopitar wants to keep playing and, and he's been playing at such a high level uh, that right now there, there's no reason at all to expect any kind of a drop off in his play. One of the biggest things I think every Kings fan looked at as a priority this offseason was the situation in net. Uh, I think the Kings are definitely upgraded in more ways than one. Uh, they're not paying over $10 million for their goalies, which they were at this time last year, now just over $2 million. But they re-signed Phoenix Copley. They bring in Cam Talbot. They've also brought in David Riddich as some depth in the organization as well. Um, how do you feel about the Kings goaltending situation heading into the season? Look, I mean, you hit the nail on the head to start it, right? Last year, it was one of the, the heftiest commitments towards the salary cap. And this year, I, I believe the Kings are the lowest um, spending team in net. Um, last year, uh, from opening night through the trade deadline, I believe the Kings ranked 31st in the NHL in total team save percentage. And that's not an embodiment of one goaltender or even the goaltenders at all. It could be the team around them as well. But the fact of the matter was, the Kings were right in the playoff mix, ranking 31st in save percentage. After the deadline, you know what the record was. It was excellent, and the save percentage was towards the top of the league. So if you can even meet in the middle, 
and it's just league average, right? The, that's an improvement overall from where the Kings were at last year. And Cam Talbot's a veteran. Um, he's won a lot of games. He's played in the playoffs. He's familiar with Todd McClellan and Trent Yanni and the system that the Kings are going to run. And for a million dollars against the cap, I don't know if you could get a better fit than Cam Talbot. Like you don't get too many guys at that level at that cap it. So I, it feels like a good signing for the Kings. He won't be expected to play 60 games because Copley was so strong last year that the expectation is kind of a tandem split to start the year, riding the hot hand as it makes sense. And you have to feel, I think, fairly confident in that group, even if there are some question marks around it, namely, you know, Copley's inexperience and Talbot's age. Um, But when you look at the situation that the Kings are in, if you commit to a guy like Dubois, you have to find some savings in other areas in order to round out the roster. And that just happens to be in net. Um, I think that the system that the Kings play, this tandem, in my opinion, is good enough to get them to where they need to be. So the Kings seem pretty much set as far as their roster. I can't imagine they're going to go out and try and add anyone at this point. Um, But obviously the lineup isn't set. Uh, We think probably the top three lines, pretty much uh, we know what's going to happen there. And the top two pairings, I think, are certainly kind of set in stone. But would you agree as far as like camp battles that the wing positions on the fourth line and the third pairing are where we're going to see some decisions have to be made and some guys maybe winning some jobs in camp? Yeah, I I think for sure. Um, You have a lot of options. And one interesting thing to look out for this year is that because of cap constraints, the Kings won't likely carry 23 players on their roster, meaning three healthy scratches. They'll likely only be able to carry one or two scratched players on a given night to me to be cap compliant, um, which actually puts a little bit more interest around those battles, right? Because there are fewer spots to be won, meaning fewer guys will be able to be on the opening night roster. I think starting on the back end, third pairing for sure, you have a lot of options. The right side, it's likely Brant Clark and Jordan Spence, who are the guys to look for. But on the left side, first off, you have those two guys, maybe one of whom could play the left. But you also have Andreas England, who signed from the Colorado Avalanche. You have Tobias Bjornfoot, a former first-round pick here. You have a guy like Jacob Movarara, who the organization kind of knows what he is. You have Kevin Connaughton acquired from the Flyers. You have a lot of guys who have played NHL games who could slot in on that left side. But there's likely only room for one or maybe two of those guys on the roster. That's going to be a really interesting battle to watch, um, in my opinion, during camp. And then on the fourth line, you have Blake Lazat, who is an outstanding fourth-line center. You have Carl Grundstrom, who's a bit more established. And you have Trevor Lewis, who's a veteran Kings fans I think are very familiar with, uh, a PK guy and a very solid fourth liner. Then you have Jared Anderson Dolan. You have Samuel Fagimo. Can a guy like Alex Leferrier make the jump? Can a guy like Alex Turcotte make the jump? You have Mikhail Maltsev, who was signed in the offseason. All of these guys should feel like they have legitimate aspirations of making that opening night roster, but several of them can't due to roster limits and salary cap limits. So I think those are for sure the spots that are most likely to be watched. Um, and I think that's that's really where those battles are going to be the most exciting. And I think it's pretty clear that Quentin Byfield and Arthur Kaliev are certainly going to be on the roster. But I would say that there are two players I'm looking at that need to take a step forward, that are giving an opportunity to have a bigger role. Um, obviously, with the loss of Gabe Velarde and Alex Iafalo, there are some you know shoes that need to be filled there. Uh, would you agree with those two players or maybe a Trevor Moore as well um, that the Kings need to have a little bit more from this coming season because of, of the roster and the lack of depth that was there before? 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think starting with the guy you mentioned last and Trevor Moore, I mean, a lot of his struggles last year came due to injury. It wasn't really his play, but he had a tough injury that that was challenging to get back from not only to get back in the lineup, but to get back to form. It took him some time to get there. I thought we saw in the playoffs, the kind of player that we know Trevor Moore can be. And with a full bill of health, I think we'll see more of that guy we saw during the 21, 22 season when he really broke out as that exciting, energetic player. Um, Byfield and Cali have no doubt about it, right? Those guys are going to likely be expected to fill top nine roles and they have to match that top nine role with the production that comes along with those positions. Um, a lot of Byfield gets a lot of flack, right? Because of his draft stock and because of his goal total last year, but he was a second on the Kings in assists per 60 behind Kevin Fiala. So like he's a guy he was producing offensively, just not in terms of goals. Um, obviously you don't want to see your first line left winger with three goals. He's going to want to up that total. The Kings will expect a higher total there, but he did a lot of things that, that made Kopitar and Kempe more successful. That line, their production as a whole is good. So if Byfield can take that next step personally, it's only going to make that line and the team that much better. And for Kaliev, he was kind of the victim of Gabe Velarde's outburst during camp last year, got cycled down to the fourth line, never had that long, long extended look in the top nine. And then he got hurt. Um, I think it was late December and that kind of halted his progress. So it's a big opportunity for both those guys. For Kaliev, you, you wonder like if he can play on a second or third line for a long run with his shot and his offensive instincts, like he could be a guy who fills some of those goal totals that have been vacated by other guys because he has that in his game. Um, so I think those are definitely the names that you want to look for. And those are the guys the Kings will be counting on to take those steps forward. A little bit more with Zach Dooley, the LA Kings insider here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. This episode of LA of Locked on LA Kings also brought to you by AG1 with one delicious scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, costs you less than $3 a day, and it's just one scoop and a cup of water. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right, we are wrapping it up with the LA Kings Insider. Zach Dooley, check out his work at lakingsinsider.com. Um, we've been talking a lot about things that have gone on since the last time we spoke. And since the last time we spoke, there was also a shakeup with the Kings broadcasting crew. And we know there are going to be changes with the local TV coverage because of the turbulent situation going on with the regional sports networks. Uh, is there any news on that at all as far as what Kings fans can expect as far as where they can watch their games? Uh, and if there's any, if there's not any news on that, is there any sense on when an announcement on that might be coming forward? I wouldn't say there's any, any updates on that at this time, but as far as timeline, it's not that long, right? Until, you know, preseason mm -hmm. games are in six weeks. So you have to imagine that there will be something coming in the foreseeable future um, just because the schedule dictates it, right? It's got to come out soon. 
um, which direction exactly the Kings go. I don't really have an inkling on exactly what that'll be right now. You know, there'll be a simulcasted approach with mm-hmm. Nick, Jim and Daryl uh, calling on TV. That'll be simulcast um, the play-by-play, at least on the radio. Um, so I'm certainly looking forward to seeing exactly, you know, what the output is and how things will look like. And with the season a lot closer than it kind of feels like, um, imagine we'll see something on that front pretty soon. Well, we've got rookie camp coming up, rookie face-off in Las Vegas, training camp, preseason, all leading up, of course, to the uh, regular season. Uh, we know you're going to be covering all that and more at LAKingsInsider.com. Anything else you got coming up to let the listeners or the viewers know about? Uh, we got the the uh, the one wrinkle this year is the Australia trip, which is mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Um, trying to figure out coverage across 17 hours of time difference is going to be really, really interesting. Um, but that's going to be a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity and experience for the Kings. That'll be really cool to get over there and kind of open camp in a completely different place. It's going to be strange for sure. It's going to be different, Um, but I think that's going to be really exciting. And, you know, it's going to be fast once we get going. Cause like you said, there's the rookie tournament, there's the Australia games, and then there's a a very heavy preseason schedule um, when we get back and then it's right into things with the regular season. So very excited to get going. Um, but that Australia content, I think is going to be really cool. Um, and at the very least, it's going to be unique and something that this team probably may not have the opportunity to, to ever do again. So I think we're all looking forward to that. And Jordan Spence has got to be a big part of that, right? Being the only Australian born NHL player. I know he didn't grow up in Australia, but uh, that's certainly something that I'm sure the local media there is going to really want to talk to him about and his experience and things like that. I would imagine so. Right. I mean, it's really cool. I know he's, he's, you know, probably identifies a little bit more with his Japanese heritage, his Canadian heritage, but still to have a player in the organization who was born in Australia is still very special, especially, you know, he's going to be a guy that that will have some eyes on him during camp as he tries to win a full-time job um, out of training camp for the first time. So I think you're right. I'm sure he'll have plenty of coverage coming his way um, when things get going, but it's, it's a really cool wrinkle really cool story to kind of have uh, as the Kings go over there. And I'm sure you will uh, have an interesting story on that wrinkle as well at LA Kings insider. He is the LA Kings insider, Zach Dooley. Zach, I always appreciate your time. I know you kind of made some special accommodations for me today, which I personally appreciate. Always great to have you on. Love your content. Looking forward to uh, seeing what's coming up on LAKingsInsider.com and we'll follow you, on, follow you on Twitter as well. But always thanks for your, for your time and your information. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Anytime. All right. We appreciate Zach Dooley and uh, look forward to having him back on the show, maybe right before the season starts or right after the season starts, but we'll definitely get him back on again. And you guys have to follow him on Twitter, follow his work. He does a great job following the LA Kings as the LA Kings insider. All right. For all you everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day or right now during this period, every other day, uh, coming up on Friday, we have our weekly LA Kings fan feedback show all your questions, all your comments, anything going on with the LA Kings, anything we talked about with Zach Dooley, certainly on the table. If you want to send an email, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. And as always, you can leave your comments on the YouTube episodes as well. And we'd love for you to stay a part of the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at LockedOnLAKings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings go.